Welcome to the Kick-Ass Podcast. This is Season 2, Episode 1. I'm your host, Heather, and today we are talking about if social media happened in real life. Welcome to the Kick-Ass Podcast, where you'll find the tools to level up your business, your mindset, and your life. Please fasten your seatbelts. So, first of all, pretty excited to have hit our arbitrarily set season two of the Kick-Ass podcast. Uh, Some of you who have been listening since the very start know that this podcast has existed in my head for way longer than it should have. And now that it's become a regular thing, um, we are so excited. We are so, so grateful for the amount of support we get, for the number of downloads we get. Yes, we check almost every day. And it completely, completely blows my mind every time I see the number of people who will have downloaded a certain podcast. Our podcasts on confidence and personal branding are still number one and two for total listens. Excuse me. Um, But the rest of them are starting to catch up. And it's been an incredible ride learning all of the parts that go along with podcasting, getting the, the word out there that we even have a podcast, coming up with ideas for our next bunch of podcasts. So this entire season is, is has already been planned out and it's going to be pretty fantastic. Currently, where we are in the world, um, I'm recording this in early May of 2020. And in my area of Canada, we are no longer under full lockdown isolation rules. We've moved to sort of, we're moving toward phase two this week where where you can do social distance gatherings and things like that. For those of you who are listening in the future, remember what this was like? So we are the one province in Canada that is able to move to this new phase, and we currently have no coronavirus um, cases open right now at all and have not for two weeks, so kudos to us. So the next bunch of podcasts that we have planned are kind of transitioning back to what we were originally planning to do, but just about all of them are tailored towards... How do we manage things in the future? So I'm going back to basics in a lot of cases and bringing people up to speed on social media marketing, email marketing, website marketing, because those are things that a lot of people are jumping onto right now. A lot of people have put their businesses online instead of shutting them down, and they're trying to grab new clients and sort of keep that funnel going and and grow their funnel a little bit right now while the world is paused. So that when everything restarts, they're not behind the game. And of course, that's always dependent on supply chains and other things. But for the podcast, we've decided to go back to the very, very basics. And today's podcast on social media channels and their personalities and the personalities of those who are using them and the expectations of those who are using them, all of this stuff is so crucial to really having social media work for you. But it can be very, very complicated because a lot of people are, okay, well, if I'm on Facebook and I'm on Instagram and I'm on Twitter and I'm on LinkedIn and I'm on Pinterest, I'm I'm just going to go on Hootsuite and put the same thing out to everybody. There are very specific reasons why that doesn't work. And the main one is what we have to do with social media is hit the right people 
with the right message at the right time on the right platform. Sending out a message at the same time to everybody across platforms is a very, very, very quick method of diluting your message, having the wrong people see it, have, turning people off, and, and and really looking at your marketing as if you really don't have any connection to the people you're talking to. You're back to basically a television commercial that people are probably going to use to go to the bathroom. Like they're not going to notice your marketing because you're not speaking their language. So how does this all connect to real life? Well, the way I've always, always since 2012, and I've added to this as there's been new ones, obviously, because in 2012, I didn't have Snapchat or TikTok on here. Um, there's always been the way I've, I've described it to people is, is this. Facebook is your living room. It is sweatpants, red wine, a couple friends come over, and you can picture it kind of like a small Tupperware party. The tone is casual. You're allowed to sell. Soft sell, hard sell. We get to make our decisions and we'll like your page or not like your page depending on how we like those. But selling is fine. Selling's perfect. Reaching out to community is perfect. Selling as if you are a demonstrator on the shopping channel, not good. Selling as if you are a human speaking to humans, that's okay. That's why I compare it to a Tupperware party of neighbors rather than the shopping network. That's the difference. So Facebook, in, in your Facebook page, the language should be casual. There should be lots of pictures of people humans. That's what we're expecting. That's what we're wanting to see. There should be lots of video because that way we are talking to each other. It's not necessarily a two-way street because it's still kind of a soapbox. We can't have a two-way conversation on Facebook unless you're doing Facebook lives. But the tone of it, picture you're talking to people in their living room on a Tuesday evening or a Saturday afternoon and they're in their sweatpants and they're kind of hanging out. Twitter, on the other hand, is a coffee shop. But Twitter's not just any coffee shop. Twitter is a super busy coffee shop right in the middle of downtown, big town Canada or big, big city Canada or big city USA. And the thing about this specific coffee shop is all the seats are taken. So if you're trying to get on and break in, what you basically have to do is sit down on somebody's lap and break in, interrupt their conversation. Because otherwise, you're not going to get heard. The second way to break in on Twitter really, really well is forgo seats altogether and stand up on a table and start yelling. Depending on your style, your brand, your preferred method of communication, one of those two methods will work. Either you can find certain people to follow and they're having conversations with the people you want to have conversations with. So you kind of like start responding and replying and putting your little hand up like, hey, I'm over here. Hey, I'm over here. Other people will just forego all of that and go, I am here with a platform. And they will stand up on the table and they are sending out tweet after tweet after tweet after tweet. And they're kind of killing you with quantity that would still hopefully have some quality behind it. So those are two 
very different strategies and brands can follow those just the same way people can. Brands actually have a much better chance of getting success on Twitter if they choose the first option rather than the second. We see brands doing the second option on Twitter and across social media an awful lot. And it's starting, it's, it's been ignored for a while and it will not probably get much better. The way you work now on Twitter, on Facebook, on everything is by giving the audience some value. So when you see this Twitter account from a brand trolling that Twitter account from a brand, or you say, oh my goodness, their social media manager is hilarious and awesome. And that's fantastic. Those are people who are taking the earning their seat at the table strategy rather than somebody who every third post, yes, you see them all the time on Twitter, but every third post is a sponsored post. And sometimes every third post is the same sponsored post. They're dumping a lot of money into earning a spot on top of the table. That is the most expensive and least effective route. But the thing about Twitter that I want to let you know is everybody finds it just as awkward as you do when they start out. In the same way that everybody finds it just as awkward to walk into a packed coffee shop and try to find a spot. It really can be a little bit difficult to finagle your way in. And if you don't have a strategy or you're mixing your strategies... Twitter is going to be a tough go for you. Now, where Facebook, you're in somebody's living room, so you can kind of have that con- that casual conversation, but it's all very surface and friendly. Twitter doesn't want that. You don't do that in a coffee shop. In a coffee shop, you've at least put real pants on. You know, they might not be your business attire, but they're at least, you know, casual wear, not your sweatpants or your pajamas. And you're expected to be a little bit political, a little bit informed, not saying politically opinionated. I'm saying you're expected to be informed. You're expected to be aware of where you are in the entire microcosm of the world because people can respond to you. You're on Twitter looking to make you're looking to have, sorry, a conversation for the people locally, local, local, local to me. Twitter's not been a super viable marketing option for a little while, mainly because our people, our consumers aren't hanging out there the way they were 10 years ago. Across the country, across the states and across the world, that's very different. There are some areas where it's still absolutely fantastic for marketing. So I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about if you're in a place where it's really good for marketing you still have to choose one of your two strategies. Either you need to sit on somebody's lap or pop into every single table and check in on how they're doing and earn yourself a seat at the table or you have to stand up on the table and buy your way on to the top of the table. Instagram is, I used to say that it was like the mall, but it's gotten so much bigger and so much louder and there's so much more going on that now Instagram is the corner of Times Square. It is quick. It is dirty. There are images everywhere. There's stuff happening all the time. Your head is never not swiveling and only the people that give good image win. So Instagram is one of those things where the quality matters to a degree, but pretty matters. The same as pretty matters on Times Squ- in Times Square. 
there are going to be a lot of people around, but to get their attention on you, pretty matters. But pretty cannot take away from quantity. Because if you have ever been to Times Square, one small sign in one shop window is not going to get you very much. You have to be on there all the time. You have to be on there all the time and telling everybody else what you like. That's where hashtags come in. You have to be on there all the time and labeling yourself and branding yourself and building yourself. And it's a very much a quantity based channel. It's important that you are on it with a strategy, but most important is that you're on it consistently. Facebook, you can be on it a little bit less if you are able to do other things. But Instagram is one of those, like, you know what? More is not going to hurt you. It's the one place where more is not going to hurt you, except that you're going to have to come up with the content for more. So if you find time for you to make posts or money for somebody to make posts for you is difficult that's going to be your challenge going into Instagram marketing. It Think of it as Times Square. Nothing is, if it's long, it better be really good. Like if you made me stop and read something and then you didn't give me value at the end, I'm actually going to be mad because that means I missed something else. That's what Instagram is. Whether you're dealing with stories and posts, which is always recommended, or your heavy, heavy, heavy stories, and sometimes you're posting here and there. Also fine, not as great for overall brand building, but it's okay. Or if you're going heavy, heavy, heavy posts, some advertising, and then some stories, also good. But you do have to be hitting all of it. Like I said, you don't want to be the one sign in a shop store in Times Square. You have to be up on the billboard for a couple seconds, and then over here, and over here, and over here, and over here. And there's just a lot more busyness to it. So again, this is one of those things. It can be hard to go viral. It can be hard to grow just because there's so much noise. There's so much going on. But you can absolutely jump in and then enjoy it and love it. It can be so much fun to see how you can put a message out there that can resonate across Instagram and you can feel like you kind of conquered Times Square for a minute. The next one up is LinkedIn. These are the big four. Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and LinkedIn are the big four for marketing right now. The other ones are starting to grow. And Twitter, of course, is regional. But LinkedIn is kind of the, uh, if you listen to the podcast all about LinkedIn. You know, I'm a huge, huge fan. Um, LinkedIn is a really, really good resource for anybody who sells B2C or, or sorry, B2B. Or if they sell services that are most likely to be purchased by business owners. So anything that is high end, anything that you're, you're going to want money behind you before you purchase. So luxury items, um, executive homes, all kinds of people should really be taking advantage of LinkedIn because it's not just a matter of what the site is for, which is information, connection, networking, gathering, all of those things. It's also about who's showing up there. So while the business owner is probably checking in on LinkedIn, the um, administrator, the admin, um, the office admin, maybe only checking in on Facebook because to them, there's no reason to have a LinkedIn because it's not going to help, help them in their business. So LinkedIn, I would say is the chamber of commerce. So imagine if you showed up to a chamber of commerce meeting 
uh, event, sorry, in your sweatpants. If you showed up to a Chamber of Commerce meeting slightly drunk, like you can on Instagram. If you ended up in a Chamber of Commerce meeting and everything you had had one or two typos in it, which is okay on Facebook because it's more casual, we're a lot more forgiving there, that would be a huge problem. On LinkedIn, you are a professional speaking to professionals. That doesn't mean that you are boring. I will show up with my tattoos and I am promoting the kick-ass business retreat and the kick-ass podcast. And that's still good because I'm still a professional. This just happens to be a fun business name. But what I can't do is show up and talk about things that business owners don't care about. I can't show up and just cold sell my services. They're not there for that. The only way to do that on LinkedIn is to discount yourself to death, which is not something I will ever, ever, ever recommend. So LinkedIn, you are showing up as if you have a booth and this is your spiel at a Chamber of Commerce event. It's networking for people who don't want to wear pants while networking, which is probably why I like it so much. It is a place where you can show the best of you. It's definitely a place where you can get a lot of website traffic by promoting blog posts and link backs to your website. And it's a place where you can effectively network and build relationships that then turn into selling relationships. It's a place where you can get all kinds of advice and things like that. But when we're talking about your posts, your posts need to be the same type of posts that you would do verbally at either a trade show or a networking event. And whether you're a trade show or a networking event is basically going to be dependent on what you sell. If you're a selling a service, you probably don't have a trade show and you're going to be selling like you're at a networking event. If you have a product, you may have a product that would have a trade show that you would be entered in. And in that case, that's what you're talking to. You are talking to the specific people that you would talk to either at a trade show or a networking event. So you can tailor your language, tailor your posts and tailor everything towards that end. That's what it's for. And that's what we expect when we're on there. Pinterest, I've always said, is basically the monthly book club. It will get you website traffic, but it will get you general website traffic. It's not where, especially if you're in the B2B business style, it's not where a lot of people are hanging out. Um, Small retail, it's not where your people are going to buy. So if you're doing it, it requires a large strategy. That's why I call it a book club, because it's like a, a big commitment. You have to go in and do it and do it right. Some people who do really, really, really well on, on Pinterest, which is surprising to them, are people like home builders, interior designers, um, hairstylists who actually sell their own products so that it's not just to do with, you know, coming into getting your hair done. People like that who sell higher end things, more expensive things, but they don't need to get a hundred people through the door every day. They need to get the right seven people through the door every day. That can be done on Pinterest. So that's why it's, it's more of a monthly book club. It's a longer slog, definitely worthwhile, 
but not the big, massive gains you can get from the other channels. Snapchat, right now, while brands are jumping on it and it's quite fun and it's useful and everything else, it's still skewing very young overall. And it's not necessarily the place to put your marketing unless you would be marketing to a teenage sleepover, boys or girls, because that's where that's who's on there. That's what's heavy, heavy, heavy in that world. It is caffeine and sugar driven. There is a lot going on again. You kind of have the Twitter situation where you have to break in and find people and talk to people and even your stories and all of those things. The people who are going to be consuming it are not necessarily all your market. So it would be the ones who are trying to market to a younger generation. Absolutely. You have to have a big strategy behind you because it also, like Instagram, requires quantity and quantity of good stuff. It doesn't have to be quantity of great stuff, but it has to be a quantity of good stuff. Brands for a while were putting out their own filters left, right, and center. And then like nobody was using them. They didn't catch on. I remember when I saw there was ones like, I think Subway had put one out and Pepsi had put one out and somebody else had put one out. And I was like, I am not going to take my picture like that. Like, no, this, and most people didn't. And younger people especially don't have a ton of brand loyalty. So they will not be perpetuating your brand through their own pictures and filters and stories. They're on there for connection with their friends, exactly the same as a teenage sleepover. So those would be the people who want to be there. TikTok, I said originally that I think it's basically like the high school halls just after the bell rings. It's everybody hanging out for a couple minutes before they go do their own thing. So picture the halls and outside, if you're in a warm enough place, of high school. The bell rings. Half the people are packing up and going. Some people are walking each other out to the bus. Some people are getting a drive. Some people are hanging out. Some people are doing some dances in the halls. All that stuff is going on. And then everybody kind of goes home and it's that first back, this first connection with friends. So that's why it's not specifically, again, working for brands because that's not what they want. They don't want to be sold to on there. That's not the point. So Snapchat and TikTok, even if you skew young for your market, you have to be very, very careful that you're giving them what they want and understand their buying power. So as a little recap, uh, if social media were true real life, Facebook would be your living room, sweatpants and red wine and casual language. Twitter would be a cafe where every seat is taken and you either have to sit on someone's lap or stand up on a table. Instagram is Times Square where everything is happening all the time. LinkedIn is a chamber of commerce where you are either going to a trade show or a networking event. Pinterest is the monthly book club. It's a longer slog, but if you only need fewer people at higher value, it could be the ticket for you. And Snapchat and TikTok. Tick, Snapchat, and TikTok who are a teenage sleepover and the halls of a high school. 
the next episode, episode number two of the new season, will provide you with a simple email marketing template. It does not have to be complicated. And yes, you can repeat this one over and over and over again, whether you're sending a monthly email or a weekly email. This gives you the template where you can just drag, drop, and fill in. If you like what you heard, please let us know. We live on validation. Hit subscribe, leave us a review. And if you want to get in touch to see how we can help you, find us at hala.agency, H-A-L-A dot agency, and online everywhere as Hala Connected. Until next time, kick ass and live on purpose. We hope you've enjoyed this podcast. Now put down your phone and start kicking ass. Thank <laughs> you.